Welcome, everybody. It's your host, Joe Soto, here with the podcast Client Loyalty Secrets. So lucky to have you. So happy to have you here. This podcast right here, Client Loyalty Secrets, is designed for the financial advisor who wants to keep their best clients, their loyal clients, and wants to grow a loyal client base. Now, why is it that we love loyal clients? Several reasons. They require very little marketing. They're also some of our best salespeople. They actually go out there and sell for us. They're also some of the most enjoyable people that we love to work with because they're easy to work with. They're also very high revenue generating clients. This is the reason why we love loyal clients. They represent oftentimes 80% of the total revenue in our firms. So without further ado, join me in today's episode of Client Loyalty Secrets with your host, Joe Soto, and I'll see you on the other side. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Client Loyalty Secrets Podcast with your host, Joe Soto. The topic for today is going to be a spicy one. Like my my old coach Garrett used to say, this topic is going to be spicy. And the topic is, why do financial advisors, why do they commit Ponzi schemes? And I got to tell you, I mean, you know, perhaps the most famous Ponzi scheme of all is that clown Bernie Madoff that if I ever saw him, I would probably, you know, do an elbow drop on him. (laughs) I I, I probably wouldn't do anything to him. But when I think of Bernie Madoff, my my blood pressure just goes up And, and yours should, too. I mean, think about it. This is a guy who stole millions and millions and millions of dollars from people. And, you know, really no justification whatsoever. And this particular topic, to me, you know, it's it's fascinating because, you know, over the years, I coached a lot of financial advisors. I worked alongside with some very good advisors. And I also got an opportunity to meet some very bad ones, too. And over the years, you know, especially with my own trajectory and my own career, I had to go through so much to get to where I am today. And there were so many decisions that had to take place. So many little turn left, turn right, do this, do that. And and, and it almost all of them seemed like they were life-changing decisions. Like they were major, major decisions. And that's what I want to talk about today. You know, like, um, I think that this is uh, relevant uh, to the conversation. I wrote down a couple of points here. You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to commit a Ponzi scheme to to be a liar. You don't have to commit a Ponzi scheme to be a liar. Let me tell you what I mean by this. You know, I've met so many people over my career, work with so many different advisors and, you know, in the industry, it is kind of like a little known secret that certain people run a very clean practice and other people, everybody's scratching their head. Like how does this person still have a job? And there are, there's a lot of liars in the financial services industry. 
there's a lot of people that pretend like they are on the client's side, but in reality, the client is nothing more than a big ATM machine to them. And a lot of times this comes as a result of the industry itself, the the culture. You know, I think about uh, that movie Wolf of Wall Street, you know, and how, how horrible of a depiction that was of the financial industry, how horrible of an image. And I got to tell you that the financial industry that I saw is so far detached from that reality. I remember I went to watch the movie with my wife and we were riding in the car back. If you're a friend of mine, you know, I probably told you this story and, it, you know, it got kind of quiet in the car and I'm like, hey, what do you think about the uh, the movie? And she said, uh, she said, well, is that what you do when you go down to, uh, you know, Atlanta? Um, to meet with your team and I'm like oh my goodness and you know it, and it kind of it hit me like wow here's this depiction in Hollywood of what the quote-unquote image of Wall Street should be and my wife thinks that I am caught up in that somehow which is insane but you know that is kind of where Wall Street comes from it comes from that dynamic so now the portrait the the facade that takes place, that, that doesn't happen anymore because it would be outrage, right? If, if what happened in the movie Wolf of Wall Street, and if you haven't seen that movie, um, it just uh, depicts a guy, uh, uh, Jordan Belford, uh, which which just cleaned up his life to, to, to his credit, okay, uh, significantly. But anyways, depicts this guy who basically, you know, got into the industry, wanted to make money for his clients and and he took a couple wrong turns and he ended up you know essentially uh stealing money from thousands and thousands of people went to jail and uh you know uh, leonardo dicaprio you know portrayed him in the, in the movie wolf of wall street uh but anyway so so you know this is the image that that hollywood kind of throws out there and, and it's sad you know because uh i don't think the uh I don't think that Wall Street is there today. Uh, just telling you, for somebody who who worked at uh, uh, you know some of the some of the uh, Wall Street's uh, biggest firms, uh, but definitely behind the scenes, some of the things that take place are, are questionable, questionable to say the least. Um, you know, the second point is uh, that that why I think this is relevant is uh, you know, I, and I mentioned this. I, I never met a financial advisor came in wanting to hurt people and and how is this relevant to this conversation of the uh, of the Ponzi scheme well it's relevant in the sense that the you know it, 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 to take all these tests and to pass all these exams and to get the training if you happen to make it in the financial services industry it, it it's incredible that, that that you're able to make it and, and 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 establish a career out of it it's not an easy business most of the guys that come into the business that I've met are very good people. Like I could tell you so many new advisors that I sat down with over the years. It uh, you know, it, it, at some point I became a veteran financial advisor at, at my old firms and, and they used to send these guys to train with me. And I used to ask them, say, why'd you get into the business? Just have a basic conversation. They're like, well, I want to help people reach their dreams, reach their goals. So this is relevant in the sense of how do people come in 
with these intentions and all of a sudden end up robbing people. How does that happen? How does how does how does a financial advisor go from wanting to help to wanting to hurt? And that's a topic that to me is very fascinating. Another reason why I think that this topic is relevant to the conversation and is uh you know, I think most advisors most advisors they lose themselves. Listen to what I'm about to tell you here. Most advisors lose themselves when they start to compromise with their values. Look, I would not be afraid I I'll be the first one to tell you that you know, like the way that I was raised, uh the way that the way that my mama that my mama rolls like you know, uh, probably a lot of us, right? I I came I came up in the old uh, in the old spanking days, you know, I tell my daughters all the time because I, I don't touch them like that, you know, so we live in different times today. But I mean, I used to get whoopings and I could probably tell you in one hand the last time when I was a little kid that I took something that didn't belong to me. And I could tell you exactly how many times, like how many whoopings that I got for doing that. Okay. So here's the thing, right? And I think that everybody has these lessons, right? When you come into the industry, you got to have a clean record. You got to have, you you know, uh, either no reputation or a reputation. And I think that, you know, what happens is financial advisors go into the slippery slope. When someone asks them to do something that they know that if their mama walked in the room, in my case, I'm getting a whooping. And I'll never forget one of my mentors at one of my original firms. He said something to me that transformed my career. This guy has so much influence on me. His name was Jason. And um, he said to me, he said, look, man, if you're doing something and you're questioning whether you should do it or not, ask yourself if the CEO walked into this room right now, how would you, uh, can you explain what you're doing? And I told Jason, I said, hey man, I'm still afraid of my mother to this day. I'm still afraid of my mother. I remember I was was at home for Thanksgiving uh, last year. Hey look, my family can attest to this. You know, (laughs) I said something stupid to my mom and and she said, listen son, don't you think because you're a grown man, and, 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 and you know that I will, I, I won't, I won't hit you across the face with disrespecting your mother in her house. So I never really lost that fear of my mother. I was telling my my marketing director at the time. I said, "Hey man, you know I get it. I get it. If the CEO walked in here, he saw me doing something. You know what would you do? But I think that's what that's what starts the process. That's what starts the process. You get the pressure to perform. You get the pressure to sell." You get the pressure to make money. You got the pressure to provide for your family. And a lot of times what ends up happening is you come across that crossroad, right? And then you got to come left or you got to come right. You got the right way of doing things and you got the wrong way of doing things. And what most advisors end up doing is they don't go all the way left. That's the Ponzi scheme. The guys that go all the way to the left. 
they completely lose their identity. And I, I firmly believe that you have to be a psychopath to, to, to conduct a Ponzi scheme. And in order to be a psychopath, you have to lose yourself in this identity. Well, I think that financial advisors suffer from a temporary identity loss. Can't tell you how many people that I that I know in the industry that are actually good people, but they constantly cut corners. And it's like you're rolling the dice, rolling the dice. Now think about the psychology of what happens when you're constantly gambling with your career, constantly gambling with being figured out, being figured out by the company that you work for, being figured out by the clients that you represent, okay? And I, I truly, like, I'll tell you this much, right? I give myself in my practice, hey, look, I don't want you to, I'm not taking this holier than thou mentality, okay? If you want to find out all my character defects and all the problems that I have, you just talk to my wife, okay? She'll tell you, she'll give you a list. But when it comes to other, when it comes to other people's money, the margin of error is zero. It's zero. When it comes to your reputation, the margin of error is zero. Okay? This is this is like modern day uh, racism, modern day, uh, the, you know, uh, these, to- these hot topics. But the problem is that it's not out in the open. So these financial advisors are making these decisions behind closed doors and they're hoping to God that it never comes out to light, that it never comes out to light to the company, that it never comes out to light to their clients. Now, the fourth point that I wanted to make as to why uh, I believe that this conversation uh, and, and this particular topic about, you know, why do financial advisors commit Ponzi schemes? The fourth the four point of I think that, 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 that it, why I think that this is relevant, okay, is that most advisors, they don't want to take risk. Now, let me explain to you what I mean by this. Most advisors do not want to take risk. They get comfortable. Okay? You become successful. You start making a little bit of money. And then all of a sudden, you become a pawn in a system in which you are told what to do what to say, how to say it. And because you have a decent lifestyle, because you're making good money, you start to take that left turn, that left turn again. And you take another left turn. Before you know it, you don't lost yourself. You start doing things that you know your mama would be ashamed of. And you start to lose yourself in this identity. And let me tell you something. I mean, I have friends in the industry. You come home, okay? You come home. You got to bring that stuff home with you, okay? And if you don't feel good about the job that you're doing, if you don't feel good about the work that you're doing, then guess what? Now you're, now you're taking that out on your family. And guess what? Guess what this does for, guess what this does to your family life, your work-life balance. So you're, 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 you're playing in the, in the zoo all day and, and you have a character, whatever that may be. You might be the giraffe, you might be the elephant, the parrot, I don't know. Whatever, whatever 
whatever uh, identity you've decided to take upon. Then you come home and, and you got to show up to your house and, and you still got to try to maintain balance in your life. And there's been so many articles written on this uh, about how financial advisors today, you know, they, they, it's one of the higher risk mental health um, industries. One of the higher, one of the industries with higher uh, mental health issues. Okay. Nobody talks about this. Nobody talks about this. And I think a big part of that is, you know, some of these things that I've been talking about is you basically have the wrong, you know, you got the wrong target from the start. These guys come in the system and, and then you, you know, instead of, you know, it's like a caterpillar, right? But, but, it, but instead of morphing into a butterfly, you know, they morph into a roach or a rat. Okay. So it's like, what happens? And it's, it, it's, it's a very, very difficult thing. So it's, it's a topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Because everybody, you know, if, if you're fortunate enough to to be making a decent income, right, and, 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 and you're, you're you're making enough money to pay the bills, then you feel like your mental health and and, and, and your well-being and your balance at your, at your house and your relationship with your spouse, if you're married, the relationship with your children. I don't even know what the statistics are. I, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to write this down. The statistics on divorce in the financial services industry I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what I don't, I don't know what the statistics are okay so I'm gonna look that up and come back and report on that but look here's what I want to tell you okay here's the lesson that, that I took away from 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 this article about this this new Ponzi scheme that, that just came out on the news last week up in Oregon uh, most advisors, they come into the industry with good intentions. Then some become bad people when they negotiate their morals and their reputation. Let me repeat that one more time. Most advisors come into the industry with good intentions. Then some become bad people when they negotiate their morals and their reputation. And I got to tell you, I don't know if it's because, you know, I live in Atlanta now and I'm from New Orleans and everybody knew everybody down there in New Orleans. Everybody knew everybody down there. And I mean, you know, you could just talk to two or three people and you'll find somebody that knows somebody that you know. And reputation there was so, so important. You know, the good deeds and the bad deeds, whatever I've done, in New Orleans, it's known, okay? And you can't get away with, you know, especially when you're dealing with other people's money. Like I said, I grew up in an environment where it just took one mistake. You, you make one mistake, you do something stupid one time, and the word would get out so fast about you that you'll be working somewhere else a day or tomorrow. So, you know, the big takeaway that I wanna share with you guys today it's as follows, and I, put, I posted a quote on this earlier today. Uh, if, and if you're not following me, make sure you follow me on my Facebook page at Client Loyalty Secrets. 
Uh, also, my website, clientloyaltysecrets.com and Instagram, Client Loyalty Secrets. I posted a quote that said, uh, you're, you got to remind the world that your reputation is not up for negotiation. And I got to tell you that it has not been easy for me, okay, to, to take that stance. But I did. I took that stance. And let me tell you something. Again, I, I really don't want to come off as this person who is like holier than now mentality. Because like I said, only God knows that that's not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm trying to do is paint the way for financial advisors to see that you can take a stand for the benefit of your client. You can take a stand for what you believe in. But you have to get a new set of tools, okay? You have to get a new set of tools and a new paradigm, a new way of looking at the business. For me, let me tell you what it's been for me. I started to look at my my clients as extended family. And I said, well, you know, I, I could tell you that. I mean, listen, we all have a family, right? And we all have people that we grew up with, right? That are family, whether immediate or whatever the case may be, or extended. And any person who ever did anything to us, right? When we were kids, when we were little, or within the family, everybody knows what that person did. And I said to myself, you know, when I first started in the business, that, that I would just approach my clients as extended family. That, I, that, that they would just be family, period. And, and I, I just, that, that was a story that I told myself. You know, which brings up a whole other topic, right? It's when we start to finagle with the story, is when we start to shade the story, say, well, you know, I'm just going to do this white lie one time. I'm just going to turn left here instead of right just this one time. Ooh, great opportunity to make a bunch of money just this one time. But once you start doing that, it creates a domino effect. And you develop a reputation in the industry as a guy who is willing to bend the rules. And for me, it just, it didn't sit well with me. But having my entire energy, my attention, my efforts, 100% focused on creating loyalty within my client base by treating them like extended family. And I've developed systems over the years, right? To be able to get this done. And these systems, what's wonderful about it is that they actually work in corporate America. And when I was working in major in Main Wall Street, I, mean, I, stood, I stayed there for a long time. They let me do what I wanted to do. They allowed me to play in my own sandbox for a very long period of time. But then many years went by and I had to make a decision. You guys remember the whole uh, best interest law that came out, I think it was like 2018. And and that was a game changer for me. That was a game changer for me and, and for my clients. And, uh, and I had to make a decision. Turn right and do this or turn left and do this. And the people that know me, they know that you know, you know, I left to a company. They gave me a bunch of money, and I gave every single penny of it back. 
you know, first of all, <laughs> I didn't I didn't come from much. You know what I'm saying? So I, I never really had much. So the money never really felt like it was mine in the first place. But I gave the money back just because of the that story that I told myself. If it was my family, what would I do? How would I approach this? And, and you know, in the industry, is, you know what they call it in the industry? If you're an industry insider, you understand what the golden handcuffs are. If you're not an industry insider and you're listening to this podcast today, the golden handcuffs is basically when a Wall Street firm gives you money and they're golden, like a, like a golden handcuffs. You're, you're, you're imprisoned by these handcuffs. And I had, I, I had a firsthand, um, firsthand experience with that. But here's, here's what I want you, what I want you to, to take away from today's podcast. Have you ever felt like the industry has put you in a compromising position? Do you ever feel like the industry has put you or your clients in a compromising position? It's part one. And part B is, what did you do about it? My friends, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you for joining another episode today of Client Loyalty Secrets. I'll see you next week. Every episode coming out on every Sunday changing the lives of financial advisors one message at a time. Thank you, my friends. Y'all make it a great weekend. Talk to you soon.